The sermon lesson today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 17, and we will read together verses 11 through 19. They'll be up on the screen. So please join me as we read this passage of Scripture. Together, please. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Friends, God always blesses the reading and the hearing of the word. The most watched parade takes place this coming Thursday. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's the 87th time that Macy's has sponsored this parade. 8,000 participants will walk the six miles through Manhattan and end up, of course, at Macy's on 34th Street in Herald Square. What's fascinating to me about that parade is that those great big balloons are about 80 feet tall, and they cost about $250,000 a balloon. This year, they've made an addition Toothless the Dragon is going to be in it this year. Don't say I didn't tell you anything good. <laughs> Toothless the Dragon. And of course, they bring in a whole bunch of celebrities for the thing. Carrie Underwood will be there, and of course, the cast of Duck Dynasty. You will have uh, the Rockettes, and of course, Santa Claus. Thanksgiving has a lot more to do than just deal with parades. Thanksgiving is not just turkey traffic and touchdowns. Thanksgiving is really an antitoxin. It's an antitoxin. The science of gratitude reverses the poison, the poison of isolationism, criticism, and your own ego. One of the great things about gratitude is that when you express it, it carries a double whammy. It not only blesses the person who receives your gratitude, but it blesses you in the process as you give it. So it has a double-edged sword. It blesses you, and it blesses others. One of the things that I enjoy is reading W.H. Auden's stuff. I don't know whether you ever read his stuff, but it's fascinating, clever stuff. He said something about prayer. And he said, it's best to leave the begging part and get it over quickly and then get on to the gratitude part. Isn't that the truth? Leprosy in the first century was very serious stuff. These people had to cry out, unclean, unclean, wherever they went. The disease, today known as Hansen's disease, was viewed as contagious. And it attacked the nerve ending, endings, the extremities on the body. And often, the nerve endings were deadened, and so they wouldn't even know if there was a pinprick, a sliver, or an infection. And so leprosy began to spread, and 
because people viewed it as contagious, they isolated lepers, set them aside. Now you have to understand, these people had no way of making a living. They were forced out of their villages or their compounds or the walls of their city. They were not allowed to have any physical contact with anybody that did not have leprosy. So it was a very tragic existence. Painful, yes. Was there treatment for it then? No. Is there treatment today? Yes, there is. You remember Father Damien actually went to Molokai in Hawaii and began to treat people over there. Is leprosy found today? Yes. Hansen's disease is found in various parts of the world. You can still find it, for example, in India, and you can find it in armadillos. So if anybody invites you to eat armadillo chili, what do you say? No, no way. No way. These ten lepers were desperate. How did they know that Jesus could heal them? I don't know. All I know that the reputation had gone before Jesus, and when they heard he was nearby, they hauled out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. These folks were absolutely desperate. They were a forgotten people. And in verse 14, it says this, When Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, he didn't pray over them. There's no evidence that he touched them. He simply said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, the priests were the authority of the day in terms of health and those who were diseased. So the priests had a whole lot of power. And he wanted them to show themselves to the priests so they could get the stamp of approval. Luke, who gave us this gospel, was a physician. And here's what he wrote. As they went, the ten lepers, as they went, they were made clean. Now, as far as Luke was concerned, a physician, it was a miracle. He didn't try to explain it. He simply said they were made clean. Isn't it interesting? When you take a step of faith, no matter how dark your world, when you take a step of faith, you get enough light to take one more step of faith. You don't see the whole story. You don't see all the way down the path. One step at a time. It says in James chapter 2, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And for us, faith is either a dull habit or an acute fever. You know what it is for most of us? A dull habit. Faith is either a dull habit or an acute fever. Well, one leper decides to go back and thank Jesus. He returns and gives thanks. Now, what is intriguing to me is that Jesus was really disappointed in the other nine. You have a lot of traffic in this city. I thought we had traffic in Houston. We are amateurs compared to you folks. Traffic here is horrendous. And I am one of these wonderful, lovely Christian guys that if somebody's trying to get across in front of me or needs to get in, I let them in. Now, you need to understand the other side of my personality that simply is, you better say thank you. And I try not to say bad words to those who don't wave or give me a nod or flash their lights or whatever it is. Jesus was disappointed. Here's what he said. We're not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Could it be that the lack of gratitude was a greater disease than leprosy? Was Jesus suggesting that? 
And he says later on about this individual that returned, he said, uh, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then he says, Jesus turned to him and said, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Ten lepers were healed. One was made well. Could the gift of gratitude be that important? It seems to suggest it. What does it take to be a whole person today? A whole person is someone who recognizes gratitude. It's part of their nature, but it's also part of their practice. To be able to affirm another person is awfully important. Victor Hugo said, man does not live by bread alone, but by affirmation. We need that affirmation. Between now and Thanksgiving Day, there are at least three people that I really need to thank. And I would guess you're in the same boat. There are probably three people that you ought to thank for your own development. Somebody that mentored you, somebody coached you, somebody gave you good counsel, somebody loved you when you were unlovable. Three people you ought to thank before Thanksgiving Day. Linda and I had moved to a new church, new city, and a new home. The first day we were in this new home, the doorbell rang, and here at the door was Sue. Sue was an elderly member of the congregation, and she had a beautiful chocolate cake that she had made herself, and she was very proud of that. And she said, I want you to have this cake, but I want you to also remember me and remember my name. I have not forgotten Sue to this day. The other night, our deacons were talking about the fact that they go and visit people that are homebound out of this congregation, and they often take them some pie. How about that? I loved hearing that. Tangible expressions of gratitude. What, what, what is so real is all that comes our way, particularly those of us in this part of the world. It's really a privilege. These gifts filter through our fingers. The question is, how are we going to use it? 130 times the Bible calls us to gratitude. 130 times. So Thanksgiving must be important. And Thanksgiving was important long before Bradford and his pilgrims decided to throw a party for 90 Native Americans. Thanksgiving was here long before President Lincoln decided to make the fourth Thursday in November a national holiday for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was here long before Martha Stewart taught us how to baste the bird, puree the pumpkin, and spice the dressing. Thanksgiving, 130 times it appears in the Word of God. And so maybe there's a message there for all of us. The truth is, people are more motivated by Thanksgiving than they are by financial rewards. And all of us need affirmation. Little people need affirmation. Youths need affirmation. Adults need affirmation. Older adults need affirmation. And the real truth is that people really don't care what you know. They want to know that you care. I'm always grateful when Monday afternoon comes. Why? Because I survived Monday morning. Why is that so important? 
because there are more heart attacks on Monday morning than any other time in the week. So when I hit Monday afternoon, it's a celebration for this old guy. You know, I am thankful for coronary care and crayons. I'm thankful for pumpkin pie and peace. I'm thankful for roses and rainbows. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the privilege of being here at Bel Air Presbyterian Church. I'm thankful for the 13,000 folks that are going to get fed on Thanksgiving because of your generosity. God bless you for doing that. This Thursday, we'll eat 45 million turkeys in America. How about that? 45 million turkeys. And Butterball has a turkey hotline. Did you know that? Butterball has a turkey hotline. And now they're getting calls already about how to prepare turkey and what they're supposed to do, etc., etc. But on Thanksgiving Day, this coming Thursday, they anticipate 12,000 calls. And the primary question, the question that comes up more often than any other is, how do you thaw a turkey? How do you thaw a turkey? You know, I thought about that. I've had to thaw some Presbyterian turkeys in my life. And I can tell you it's a tough job. How do you thaw a turkey? You know how you thaw a Presbyterian turkey? It's by gratitude. Gratitude. The unmistakable benchmark of a radiant Christian faith is a readiness to praise, to affirm, and to give thanks. And most of the malignancies, most of the malignancies that cramp the human spirit slither out of the swamp of ingratitude. Of all the people on this planet, we have a huge debt of gratitude. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for grandchildren and grand pianos. I'm thankful that on the cross of Calvary, the Savior stretched his arms wide enough to embrace all of us. I'm thankful that SAT scores don't determine our success in life. I am thankful that there is more mercy in God than sin in us. I am thankful for God's grace in Jesus Christ, God's unconditional love for those who don't deserve it. That's you, and that's me. I'm thankful that in five weeks we'll be at Christmas. I love Christmas. The incarnation, the enfleshment of God in human form. What a great celebration. King of kings and Lord of lords. Wonderful counselor, Isaiah said. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a great thing to celebrate. And let me read to you from, 1 Corinthians, from Colossians chapter 1. Here's what it says. God has rescued us from what? From the power of darkness. God has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son where there is redemption and forgiveness of sins. We have been rescued from the power of darkness by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the raw material of your future and mine can be shaped into something significant and splendid. The issue is our will. Bill Steiger 
was a great preacher on the East Coast out of another era. He was a really brilliant communicator, a real wonderful Christian man, a genuine humanitarian, but also a professor of theology. But depression caught up with Bill. He knew despondency. He knew what it was to be in the dark day after day. He was just overcome. The darkness was all pervasive for Bill. He had the very best of medical help, but nothing seemed to enable him to function. One day a friend came to visit with him and he said, Bill, with God's help, why don't you just thank somebody that enabled you to become who you are? How about just a simple little note to somebody you probably have forgotten over the years? So just send a little note and let's see what happens. With great effort, Bill did create that little note to an old school teacher that had helped him. This school teacher taught him literature. And she opened his eyes to fiction and nonfiction. She opened his eyes to drama. She opened his eyes to poetry. And he was very grateful for that, and he expressed it in his note to her. About a week later, he got a note back. And the handwriting was very shaky. He knew that the lady was elderly who wrote it. And here's what she said, Dear Willie, that was his boyhood nickname, Dear Willie, when I read your letter, I was blinded by tears. I remember you. You have warmed my old heart. I taught school for 50 years, and yours is the first letter of thanks I've ever received from a student. I shall cherish it until the day I died. That note from that teacher made an impression on Bill's psyche. And from that point on, he wrote well over 500 thank you notes to people that had blessed him, mentored him, counseled him, and taught him. And you know what? Bill was healed. But better than that, he was made well. That's what Jesus said to that leper that came back. He said, ten were healed, but only one was made well. Thanksgiving is so much more than the Macy's parade. It's so much more than turkey traffic and touchdowns. Thanksgiving is really an antitoxin. The science of gratitude prevents the poison of criticism, isolationism, and pessimism. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 puts it this way. Pray constantly. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we have so much for which we need to be grateful. Please accept our thanks, not just for the material things, but for the subjective things, for the spiritual things that have enabled us to hold on in tough times. Thank you for giving us light, light enough to take one more step of faith every single day. Oh God, don't let us get overwhelmed by the darkness. Help us to understand that your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us. Enable us to trust that. We ask in the healing, saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen.